0: Welcome to Straight and Curly, a podcast for self-improvement junkies. I'm Kelly Exeter. And I'm Carly Jacobs.
1: This is episode 126.
0: Hello and welcome to Straight and Curly. I've got the giggles for this episode because Kelly and I were just getting ready to record and right before we hit record, we were both going, okay, we're just about ready to record. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. And we both just let rip on this tirade of disgusting nasal clearing, throat coughing, sniffing noises. It was so gross. I won't subject you to a reenactment of it, but we were just We just had to clear so all areas.
1: Well, I was going to say all orifices, facial orifices. But it's just facial <laughs> orifices, um, and three orifices, no. so that we could actually, we, and then we, we said three, we counted it down to start recording, but we're still barely holding it together, so that's why
0: <laughs> <laughs> we definitely don't need to clear all of our orifices before we start recording. Uh, we're not that kind of a podcast. Oh, yeah, uh, I can't believe this is the third episode of the season and how easily we've just slid back into this. It is. So lovely to chat to you again, Kel. I do refrain <laughs> from saying that too much because I still don't want to pressure you, but I really do love oh, doing a podcast with you and it's lovely to be back. No,
1: yes, no, I agree right back at you. And like I said, it just, yeah, I think I've said it in the group and I'll say it again now. Like it just, it makes me happy talking to you and you're like no pressure on you because like it's like. <laughs> You make me laugh, and now you, like, kind of have to make me laugh. And if you don't make me laugh, you have failed <laughs> epically. But it just, you just make me laugh just by doing you, and I always feel so good after recording. So I just think of of all the things I could be doing with my time right now, this is, you yeah, know, this is something I should be doing, and it's, it's a delight. So... Um, yeah. Oh,
0: good. I'm so pleased. I'll, I'll try to keep Cheering Drop <laughs> as much as yeah, possible. I hope everybody
1: just loved our little mutual admiration society just then. Um,
0: yeah. So we get
1: into the first segment of the show and we are kicking off with recommendation of the week. And um, this is going to be almost like a random thing. I'm already <laughs> laughing about this one. <laughs> I know this is going to sound so ridiculous, but the other day I went and bought casual trainers that have those bungee cord type things instead of laces because I got so tired of tying the shoelaces on my old trainers. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know what? <clears throat> it's been really amazing to just be able to slip my shoes onto my feet and away I go then have to untie my shoe because like, I've got these cons and they're great. They also have these ridiculously long shoelaces so they have to be double knotted and then the double knot has to be undone when I take them off and then it has to be redone when I put them on and it just gets to the point where I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to wear those shoes because I have to do up the (laughs) laces and I don't know what that says about me but I will say... The girl at the store said this is a common selling point for these shoes that I bought. So before you make any judgments, (laughs) because I can hear you making judgments in your brain, (laughs) um, I'm not alone in in this. And so, yes, um, my recommendation of the week is casual trainers that don't
0: have shoelaces. (laughs) I believe that you said you got tired of tying <laughs> shoelaces. It's just about the most unKelly thing I've ever heard. So oh. funny! Like your your tolerance for unnecessary is at zero right it's now, so isn't it? <laughs> I just and the, I don't want to say these shoes have changed my life, but, but they kind of. Have. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I really need to hear if anybody goes out and buy these, <sighs> buys these bungee cord shoes, or anyone else gets angry at tying up their shoelaces. If this is a I common threat, because I don't really think about anybody, it that much,
1: this is a thing. I bet you don't wear shoes with shoelaces enough to care about this. I bet
0: I only wear yes. runners that have shoelaces, and to be fair, I have actually thought that my current runners have very sensible length <laughs> laces. I have had that thought because they don't use me <laughs> off, so. All right. You can have that. So my recommendation of the week is actually two TV shows I love, and I can't remember if I've mentioned them here, but the second season of both just came out recently. So I'll mention them again. Number one is Derry Girls. It's kind of like the in-betweeners, but for girls in the nineties in London Derry in Ireland, it's hilarious and beautiful and it's just a very special tv show of our generation it's on netflix and you should all watch it the second one is mind hunter which is about serial killers <laughs> Obviously, uh, I know half of you are completely <laughs> horrified by my true crime, true crime obsession, and the other half of you are completely with me. So, for those of you who aren't into it, watch Derry <laughs> yep. Girls. For those that are, watch both. Um, it's actually quite funny watching Mind Hunter with Ben because I know <laughs> a lot about serial killers, and one of the plot points of the second season, they profile a killer, a very well known, a no, very well known killer called the Atlanta Monster or the Atlanta Child Killer. And the main characters are arguing, so the whole thing is about, it's kind of the invention of serial killers and um, an exploration of the start of serial killer profiling. So it's all based on true stuff. And the main, two of the main characters are arguing in this series, this doesn't ruin anything, I promise. This is just kind of like a conversation that happens in it. And they're kind of arguing over whether they think the killer is Caucasian or African-American, and Ben goes, oh, gosh, I've got no idea, and I knew the entire time what this killer looked like. And so for me it was like being surprised that the Titanic sunk or watching Chernobyl and being like, oh, did lots of people die of radiation poisoning? (laughs) So it was just very interesting watching something that I know so much about with someone who knows nothing about it. Also, side note, watch Chernobyl.
1: Yes, I've heard that's so good as well. So great, great tip. It's brilliant. Now, for your random, I need to do a better like intro to this. I feel like Carly's <laughs> random thing of the week needs like its own like kind of uh audio intro- introduction, like its own song introduction or something. But anyway, you're gonna have to put it up with this. Maybe
0: person. we should ask Lyndall about that if she can do like yeah, a little weird intro to totally. it. All right, let's 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 task her with okay. that. So This is a story about general stupidity (laughs) on my behalf. (laughs) (laughs) They're always the best stories,
1: let's be honest.
0: (laughs) So I started working for an old client again this year, and she's amazing. I love working for her. And she uses Slack, so Slack users will know where this is going immediately. So there's a team thread where I go on days that I work for her and I tell her what I'm working on. So my client, Alyssa, she runs Flourish Online, uh, com au which is uh, a website design business and she does branding and stuff she's fantastic so she um, my client was always jumping in on this thread and saying good morning at Chanel so she when you at someone it's like you're on Instagram and you go at Chanel so if you want to talk to me you go at Carly at Kelly and she'd jump on and say morning at Chanel time for a meeting at Chanel and I always thought it was Kind of odd that she personally addressed <laughs> Chanel and not the rest of us. I know where this is going. I was, kind of, I was kind of going, this is this this is really weird, and this went on for about two weeks until I finally realized that I was reading Chanel. It was actually channel not <laughs> Chanel, and Chanel met all of us <laughs> so it was her way of addressing the entire team and i obviously know that channel is spelt with two n's and chanel is it's spelt mine. with one but the at at the beginning of it made me think it was at chanel spelt channel <laughs> and i was just thinking it was some bogan who spelt <laughs> chanel channel
1: and so oh God. I mean, shout out to all the bogans who's whose name's spelt
0: channel. Uh- <laughs> but I, because I know that it's, that it's spelt channel. And then, of course, I immediately told everyone in the team that this is what I thought and it turned into this whole joke and it has been so funny. So my client has an employee of the month award and this month she gave me the channel. And, she, <laughs> and, she's been, and then she'll be like, hey, channel, and everyone will be like, ugh, everyone loves channel. Channel's your favourite. So that has been completely oh. giving me life, and honestly, my own stupidity can be so seriously entertaining <laughs> sometimes.
1: That is your most—I e- think—that's got to be your most epic random thing of the week ever. Uh, sorry, it was only because so yeah, funny. I saw that coming. I was like, oh no, oh no, oh that's yep. so good. Yeah,
0: that's what I did. But I know it. how how Chanel is spelled and Channel is spelled, but the at at the beginning <laughs> and your brain
1: just yeah couldn't process it. Yeah, it just it just <sighs> kind of self corrected it. Oh, sorry, I'm crying. Um, okay. So on from there into our topic of the week and the topic of the week is a similar one to last week in that it's a very, very big topic and I didn't think it through before making it a topic um, because it's very hard to cover these big topics in a relative, like we're trying to keep the shows in the 30 minutes thereabouts kind of thing. So we're not doing big long dissertations on things. So the topic of the week is how to build resilience and what is resilience? It, you know, for the purposes, well, not for the purposes of this show, this is what resilience is. It's the ability to cope with adversity, both while you're experiencing that adversity, but also the ability to bounce back after adversity. Um, So now there are people out there who are naturally resilient, but resilience is also something that can be learned. So, Carl's,
0: would you consider yourself naturally resilient? I'd say yes and no. I think I developed resilience as a result of being a chubby, loud kid. And I wasn't and haven't always been very well liked by everyone. So I had to learn to not let mean people get to me. I certainly wasn't a victim, but I was the fat kid. So I got teased a lot. So I learned to be funny and helpful and resourceful. So I was picked on less. I've also done a lot of things in life that require resilience, like acting. So Ah, I've been rejected for more plays than I've been accepted for. And that really helps you build resilience and it also makes you very, exactly. It also humbles you as well. So if, you know, you, you, have a tendency to grow a big head, it gets knocked <laughs> down super, super quickly um, if you if you audition for a play. Also, being a writer, I've written for mm. magazines and big clients and had huge pieces of writing pulled at the last minute for reasons I'll never know. So, look, I'll retract that. I'm not sure you can <laughs> actually be naturally resilient. I think you learn how to be resilient. What about you, Kel? Yeah,
1: I do wonder maybe if what we think is natural resilience is more just, you know, our upbringing like depending you know if by watching how our parents deal with adversity and we kind of take that on and then we think that that's how we naturally are but maybe yeah maybe we I think humans by nature are naturally resilient and we just don't often have to access that resilience until we are challenged um so yeah I don't know the answer to that question because before when I thought about it I you know, I, I thought I had a certain amount of natural resilience, but that most of my resilience was learned. Um, and I would say I learned resilience through, I guess, experiencing and dealing with tragedy, like even prior to losing aunt, you know, I lost my brother, I lost two close friends, suddenly I lost babies to miscarriage. Um, <clears throat> I also learned a lot going through adversity with the businesses aunt and I ran. So there's, if you run a business, you get resilient fast or you go out of business fast. Um, I also learned yep. a lot through sport, um, and I didn't even think about writing because, yes, writing makes you very, very resilient. Writing mm. on the internet Extremely. makes you very resilient. <laughs> Podcasting makes you very resilient. Although, we, Oh, it certainly does. <laughs> although people have generally been very kind to us with the podcast. Um, they have. Been. But, yes, yeah, so, you know, while the world isn't perfect and there is – you know, there's a lot that's not within our control. If we can build resilience ahead of being dumped into a shitful situation, I kind of feel that beats having to learn it on the fly. And I think the way that most people learn resilience is being dumped in a shitful situation. Um, so today that like, that's what we're going to kind of just, dis- we've got kind of six tips, five tips, um, a few tips six tips. Um, <laughs> guys, we have tips
0: is what we're getting at. We get.
1: are pro podcasters. We are well prepared. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, our six tips today are kind of geared towards, you know, pre-preparing yourself for resilience and um, consciously building your resilience rather than, you know, yeah, waiting for life to throw massive challenges at you. That said, tip one is being willing to expose yourself to challenging situations. Yeah. Um, So there are many ways to do this. Uh, uh, Quite often people will go extreme right out of the gates and they'll like sign up to an ultra marathon or they'll found a startup or something. Um, But I kind of think it's nice to start small and keep things low stakes you know to start with you know um, I've seen it suggested to people who struggle with social anxiety or fear of rejection that you know they organize a gathering of two or three people where those two or three people are very reliable friends and then you know and then see how that gathering goes hosting that gathering and then organize another one in six months time and invite a couple more people and just keep upping the state slightly each time like don't go straight into organizing the world's biggest party and Seeing how you go with that, um, <clears throat> and if you're someone with you know who has a fear of public speaking, like your first challenge might be to you know speak up in a meeting um, rather than like going straight to giving a speech at your you know your best friend's wedding. Um, but you know, bottom line is you can't build resilience if you can if you can't continually run from challenging situations. So turn and face those situations and where you have the ability to start small with
0: exposure
1: and build gently from there, take the chance to do so.
0: Tip number two is to practice mindfulness. So, yeah, we know mindfulness is such a buzzword these days, it's hard to even really know what it means or what people mean when they use that word. For the purpose of these tips, though, mindfulness is just being able to stop for a second, bring yourself back into the moment, and check your reaction to a situation because often our ability to be resilient in the face of a particular challenge is affected by our attitude to that challenge. So, for instance, if your washing machine breaks down at the same time that you've gotten a couple of big bills, and your attitude is that you're just drowning in debt and these things are never going to get any better, then your ability to cope with the washing machine breaking down is not going to be good. So mindfulness allows you to come into the moment and simply observe your emotional reaction to the washing machine breaking without getting caught up in it. So take a deep breath and reset yourself. And then you can come at the situation with a bit more calm and balance. I also feel like this is a really good time to check your blessings. If the washing machine breaking down is the very worst thing that's happened to you this week, it's a pretty good week.
1: I always try to use that one. Like when my footy team loses that, if my footy team losing is the worst thing that's going on in my life this week, then it's a pretty good week, but
0: it never works. I don't know why. Um, (laughs) But also your your footy team is very much a crutch for you at the moment. So that kind of makes it a bit different. It was was
1: really bad. But anyway, tip number three is to be kind to yourself. And I know like I I know these tips are sounding a bit twee um, and a bit preachy, but they are what they are. Um, (laughs) Let's be honest.
0: (laughs) Was that a boundary you just (laughs) set, Kelly?
1: Maybe, I don't know.
0: (laughs) <laughs> Goodness me.
1: I did stop apologizing, so maybe that was a boundary. Um
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, guys, get over it, okay? That <laughs> is what it is. God.
1: Um, but look, you know, I the reason you need to be kind to yourself is because you're just not going to handle every challenging situation well. And, you know, I think what it is is it feels appropriate to berate yourself for not handling yourself well in a situation where things haven't gone well. And it might feel really useful to go over the situation again and again and lament what you could have done better. But the thing is, we don't need to learn the same lesson over and over again from the same situation, like learn the lesson once and then move on. Because what I've certainly found is if you're carrying the baggage from a previous poor reaction into your next challenging situation, you're just going to make it really hard for yourself to deal with that new challenging situation. So I guess it's, Be kind to yourself, uh, dial back the overthinking, like learn your lesson once from what happened, learn that, yes, I wish I'd handled that situation better and then just like move on to the next one.
0: Yeah. So tip number four is to protect your emotional health. So have you ever noticed that your ability to cope with stuff goes downhill super fast when you are mentally run down, burnt out, feeling angry or resentful. You can do so much preemptive stuff by doing the boring basics of getting good sleep, moving your body every day, eating well, limiting alcohol and giving yourself white space. This has been huge for me this year as my first year as a parent. And I you know, I, I feel like we're doing as best a job as we possibly can. But I do think that one of the reasons why our whole lives haven't just imploded is that we were in a very good space when we decided to have a baby and all of those things were in place before we had her. So I was getting good sleep, moving my body every day. I was in a good, good habits of eating. Well, I was obviously limiting my (laughs) alcohol. Um, and I was getting better at giving myself time off and time to rest and that kind of stuff. And I really feel if, if I hadn't have had that stuff in place and and Ben has that stuff in place as well. And I feel if we didn't have that in place before having Harriet, it would have been a lot more difficult. So it took a lot of discipline to do that, but it has really, really saved us this year when, you know, you have a child and your whole world changes.
1: Yeah. And I just think like, you know, having a baby is such a a good illustration of like you know how tiredness or sleep deprivation or things being a li- little bit out of whack routine wise, how suddenly your ability to cope with the simplest things suddenly goes out the window. and I've certainly found mm. the same this year. like I'm very conscious of my how I react because how I react affects my kids so deeply at the moment. and there's been occasions where I've kind of you know like done too much on a weekend or, Not prioritize sleep enough. And, you know, so emotionally, I've not been in a great place. And then it takes very little from there for me to completely snap. And then once I snap, the kids lose it. And then we all go down in this Mm. crying heap. So, you know, it's, it sounds a bit glib to say protect your emotional health and do all these boring things. But the boring things are so foundational to being able to deal with the challenges that life throws at us, whether, you know, big or small, they're all challenges. And if we can deal with them better, we feel good about ourselves. And it just has this kind of ongoing ripple effect. It does. um, Yes. Talking about routines, um, my tip number five is to have routines and rituals to fall back on. So, you know, come when you get faced with challenges in life, it gets you can feel caught up in that feeling of, oh my God, everything's out of control. Um, and I know this is not just a control freak in me speaking here. I know everybody feels like this, that it's mm. hard to actually be resilient when you feel like you have no control over what's happening. So it's why I've always been a fan of, of having routines and rituals. And I, by rituals, I don't mean dancing around a fire naked. I mean, you know, just that more, like a ritual for me is, I come downstairs in the morning when I'm, you know, early o'clock before the kids wake up and and I've been doing this for years and years and I have my two big glasses of water with lemon in it and I have my coffee and I scroll through, you know, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and it's just like this little 15-minute pocket of time where I can just enter the day at my own pace doing my own mindless thing and not care about, any, you know, That it's taking away from anybody else. And it's so settling, this weird little ritual that, you know, everyone goes, don't go on social media it makes you feel bad about yourself. Whereas I actually find it quite calming to do that every single morning. So,
0: yeah. I also think you follow good people as well. I can't imagine that you're following a whole bunch of people that make you feel bad (laughs) about yourself.
1: Yeah. No, it's mostly like on Twitter. It's all people talking about basketball or tennis. So yeah, um, yeah. So you know, I know our family routines have been absolute savers this year because when I'm feeling a bit like I can't deal and I can't do this, because yeah, I you know I have days where I'm like I've got this, I've I'm up for this challenge and I can totally see a future, and then I've got days where I'm like, nah, I, I literally can't. I cannot see how this is even possible to go on. And on those days where everything is falling apart, like I just fall back into our routines and I operate very much on autopilot and doing that you know I just kind of regain a little bit of a sense of control so and that sense of control no matter how small is very calming so and I'm sure that's not just me
0: being control freak I'm sure that would be no I I definitely think that. So tip number six is to surround yourself with good people. It's important to cultivate a strong support network of people, you know, have your back because these people are going to make a huge difference to your resilience. It's very tempting for high functioning, highly capable (laughs) people like us to think I've got this and to think that they can deal with things themselves and to think that dealing with things ourselves is a sign of great resilience. But this is very dangerous. This is a very dangerous thing to tell ourselves. So, humans are tribal beings and we tend to forget that, particularly in the modern era where we are quite isolated. We're not actually designed to deal with things on our own. And believe me, I'm saying this tip for myself as much as for the rest of you. I'm very much like a toddler. I'm like, I can do it myself. and. Sometimes I need to let other people in and allow myself to be helped. So I, I'm by no means presenting that tip to other people saying you need to do this because I do it all the time. This is a tip. I still don't do it. I have an eight month old and I have not let anyone do a load of washing for me or anything, basically anything since she was born. People come to my house and I cook dinner for them. I <laughs> am rubbish at letting people help me. So I need to work on that. Yes. Yeah, so you're lucky you've got Ben. At least you let <laughs> Ben help you. But um, I do. I let like yeah. him help. I me. Do, I do think one of
1: the great lies, and I mean, I, God knows I've had enough people tell me this year, Stop! don't try to do it all on your own, Kelly. You know what you like, blah, blah. blah. And I've gone, yes, I know. And I have let people help me a lot. And it's been really, really hard. Um, but also just Knowing so many people care, like even just, you know, even if you don't let people help you, just knowing that there's people there who will help you if you let them can be huge for just for your own resilience levels. So yes, so that is the topic for the day. We are going on to kicked our ass and kicked ass now. So starting with kicked our ass, I will say that my, I'm glad he doesn't listen to the podcast. Um, <laughs> none of the people he plays with listens either. I would say that my son's Jaden's basketball season has kicked my ass a little bit. It's been really, really fun. I've been the team manager for the team and I've really, really enjoyed it. But um, his team, like they're 10-year-olds, but they've been in quite a few situations this year that are challenging, like even if your dad hasn't died and if your dad didn't play basketball and now you're putting all your time and energy into basketball because you want to make him proud of you and it's the way you can best see to honour his memory. So there's a, this kind of subplot for Jaden to his basketball season and – um it's just been a long season full of, ironically, resilience building situations and scenarios, Um, Mm. you know. And I want to tell Jaden, like, he has, you know, you've learnt so much stuff this season that is going to stand you in good stead in the future. But, you know, he's 10 and he lost a game on the weekend. That was, they had to win to make finals. And he was devo. And, you know, no 10-year-old in that situation is, like, cool to listen to her mum going, but this is just building your resilience so well and it's going to help you so much in the future, like, gonna to want to punch you, punch you in the face. So, yeah, it's it's been a very long emotional season, and I've loved seeing him develop over the course of the season. But um, I'm not super sad it's over because it's just given us time to regroup a little bit.
0: Oh, Cole, that's so hard, especially like trying to watch your kids chat. <laughs> I, I was, I'm sorry, this is such an inappropriate time to laugh, but I just was about to say channel, and it reminded me. <laughs> Chanel and Channel. <laughs> sorry, that was so inappropriate. I was trying to <laughs> Sorry, that's just the most carly thing you've ever done because you're trying to be sorry. really
1: I'm re- trying to be really supportive and <laughs> <when> I said- <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um so it's just for context, but if just in on the off chance that this is like a new person <laughs> listening to the podcast who's never listened to us like we always say that Carly doesn't have any emotions and doesn't <laughs> she's not the <laughs> friend that you go to if you like need a good hug or you need someone to cry cry on their shoulder she's the friend who's going to tell you how to get your shit together back together yeah, I you come to when you it, want to move on but i will say Carly has done an amazing job of being a very supportive and kind friend to me at this time <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah, I'm. I'm not going. Oh my god, Carly, I can't believe you're just laughing at me like that. So no, anyway. I was just. I just. Would you like start to again with down. being supportive so, and okay. kind? the
0: The point the point is, it will be very nice for you to have a break <laughs> from basketball.
1: It is. And like I said, I just want to reiterate, I've really loved it. and It's been fantastic, but it is actually a really, really long season, and um, everybody's tired, and it's probably good for Jaden to have a little bit of a break now
0: you kicked your ass. Um, Um, again, this is, this is, so I'm just referring back to a very old episode where we did, um, what was the pegboard one? (laughs) What was, we did, we did kicked our ass and Kelly's whole kicked our ass was really, I can't even remember what it was, but it was really deep deep and meaningful. And then you've Talked about an IKEA
1: pegboard.
0: Kicking your ass. My response was that it, I went to IKEA to get this pegboard, and they sold out of this pegboard. And it was just the latest kicked our ass. After Paul Kelly had this big soul searching moment, I was like, oh man, I really, really didn't read the room right. On kicked our ass.
1: This I think week. it was our hundredth episode. Go back and listen because it's so worth it. Yeah. Because it was.
0: so so funny we could not stop laughing I couldn't Um, even get my words out um so and I've done it again so I just (laughs) kicked our ass this week um (laughs)
1: I'm never gonna be able to be in slack and see someone go hey channel
0: ever again without just hey Chanel it's like oh my god you love Chanel she's your favorite um (sighs) So my kicked our ass this week is, uh, we've actually lost a few of our wombats to road accidents. So. (laughs) Some of you, I know this is actually it's actually kind of funny in itself. Um, sorry, we've completely <laughs> lost the plot at the end of this episode. So some of you may follow me on Instagram. Um, if you don't, I'm at smagle, that's smaggle, that's S M A G G L E. And I've been documenting our experience taking care of local wombats who have mange. So I noticed when we first moved, we live in the bush, like proper proper bush, that there was some wombats with bad mange. I'm, actually, I'm laughing again because I figure it out. Um, I actually didn't notice that the wombat had mange. I just took this video of this really weird looking wombat and put it on Instagram. And I was like, Hey guys, this is a really weird looking wombat. What kind of wombat is it? And everyone was like, "Um, Carly, it's a wombat with oh. mange. I just, I just thought it was like a hairy nosed, hairless kind of a breed. And they're like, no, that wombat's very sick. And I, I didn't even know. So that's how I learned what wombats with mange look like. So I contacted a local wildlife woman called Pauline, who's just incredible. And she gave us this medicine. And we go walking with this like really long stick and it's got a little cup on the end. And we fill it with medicine and we have to <laughs> we have to kind of chase them and throw the medicine oh. on their back. Oh, but, you guys. but once you treat them, it just fixes them immediately. Yeah. And so Mange makes them go blind and their all their hair falls out and they go kind of itchy and red. Um, but like, you only have to get this stuff on them once and it totally fixes them. The problem is, is that once they get fixed, they get fixed fast Aww. and they get hit by cars again. So when they're slow, they don't tend to kind of come out mm. during the day much, but when they're better, they kind of get active again. So we found two of them dead on the side of the road, which was just heartbreaking. Um, on the plus side though, they looked beautiful Aww. and very mange-free. <laughs> so weird silver lining. And we have some echidnas on our property and one of our echidnas was dead on the side of the road as well. So it's really, really heartbreaking. um And just as a little public service announcement, if you are driving in bush areas or small country towns, please slow down. There's more than likely wildlife around and it's their home and they should be able to travel safely around it and, Honestly, I mean, there's just nothing more heartbreaking than a dead echidna because they're just the most magical little creatures and that's very heartbreaking. So that was kicked our ass this week. And then we have to take photos of them and send them to Pauline and then Aww. she gets upset because she's just this beautiful bush lady with this gorgeous grey hair and I'm just like, it's like upsetting a wizard. Aww. And it's, yeah, so that's that was my kicked our ass this week.
1: Well, I'm just so proud of you guys for your wombat. Like loving and kidna loving. And I, I've been watching on your Instagram stories, you guys looking after the wombats, and it's really lovely. Oh, and we I'm so love sad that them. They They're
0: so gorgeous.
1: Yeah. Um. And now I feel like, I, how do I go on to my kicked ass thing now? Like, you've got dead wombats. Like, <laughs> um, okay, I will go on to it anyway. <clears throat> and I will say, I'm quite proud of how I'm managing my workload at the moment. So, you know, there are there are days where I really, really do not feel like doing anything. And while I know like my clients will understand and they are willing to cut me a lot of sna- of slack, I am conscious of not taking advantage of it. Um, and I kind of like, if I'm going to take advantage of that, I, like I want it to be for something like, you know, things like my birthday week where I was like, okay, I think I'm just going to not work this week. And I hope everyone's cool with that. And everyone was totally cool with it. That's when I'd rather use that kind of card. Um, So kind of on the days I don't really feel like doing anything, I just sit down at my desk and I say, look, just start and do the smallest possible thing towards moving this job forward. And you know what, more often than not, once I've done that small thing, I'm away and I end up doing heaps more than I thought I was going to be possible for that day. And I am quite proud of myself.
0: You should be. That is incredible. i obviously always knew that you were superwoman, (laughs) but watching the way you've been working this year has just been so inspiring. I was talking to someone about you the other day. I think it was Chrissy actually from Hair Romance. And we were just saying like how incredible you are just one foot in front of the other, which is really all you can do. But it's also just, there's such huge steps. And I just think it's really, it, I just think it's really incredible the way that you're able to continue to do that and with consistency oh, as well. Thanks,
1: man. Well, you know. Yeah. She that. it.
0: Yeah. Um, so my kicked ass this week is that I pitched an idea to a client and they loved it and it looks like it's going to go ahead. And I know I'm totally vague booking everyone <laughs> right now, um, but it should be a really cool project. So I'm really looking forward to working on slash launching that. Watch this space. Yeah, exciting. and it's time to wrap up. So don't forget we have a Patreon page, which keeps Straight and Curly in your ears and covers our production costs. If you love listening to the show and want to support it, please visit patreon.com forward slash Straight and Curly. And
1: finally, do jump into the Facebook group and share your thoughts about this week's show. We would love to hear your resilience building tips and to continue the discussion there. Thank you so much for listening to Straight and Curly. This week's show notes and links will be available at straightandcurly.com. And if you
0: have any questions or weird self improvement hacks you want us to trial, you can tweet us at Kelly Exeter or at Smaggle, or you can email us at hello at straightandcurly.com. <laughs>